To the ether. Today is Monday, February 27th, 2023. Today on the ether, the console AMA. Let's take a listen. Hey, everybody, what's up? Welcome, 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 welcome. Um, happy to be here. It is a Monday, it's five o'clock in New York City, and we are doing our weekly console AMA. Really happy to be here. Um, we got Dave. Dave, how's it going? You there? Can you guys hear me? All right. Titus, how's it going? You there? Uh, I think we're still bringing some people up to the stage. All right. Here we go. <laughs> we're still requesting. I'm jumping the gun. All right. Yo, Get Chris. some people on stage. <laughs> there we go. What's up? How's it going? Forgot that important step. <laughs> Inviting you guys to step on stage. I'm on stage. I'm with you. Happy Monday, everyone. So great to see you all here. We've got Mike 3. We got Joe, Cuds, Evan, fifteen. We got Tara, Lina, man. Of course, Titus, new uh, new PFP, awesome. Ready to roll? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Got to represent the ledger. And uh, just so you know, since she's here every single week, it's Lina. Her name is pronounced Lina. Lina. Sorry, Lina. I thought she'd appreciate Thanks. that. <laughs> Sorry, Lina. Appreciate that. Um, what's up? We got Blake. We got Evan. All right. We got a great group here today. Um, well, really happy to be here. Um, I'm going to give a few announcements up front and then just dive into a conversation, um, set the stage a little bit for a few things on my mind. And then if anybody also has questions or thoughts, things from the week um, to add to it, well, of course, anyone can come up on stage. Just raise your hands and I'll let you guys up and we'll, we'll chat a little bit. Um, and we usually try to keep it 30 minutes, but usually it goes over. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> we'll try our best. Um, yeah, so I think big big news in the in the console world for us has been opening up console HQ last week. It kind of spontaneously happened on the Twitter space last Monday where <laughs> I had released the video uh, on Twitter and just kind of at the end just showed a little preview uh, of what we're building and also you know how to give give our demo which is like console HQ would try console HQ. Uh, right now it's just a pretty small group of a handful of the most dedicated people that come to our spaces or have been talking with us about decentralized social media and what we're building at console. So if you got an invite to that, super happy to have you. I know, um, I know we have a lot of great people on there so far. We got Titus, we got Vlad, we have Knowledge, um, some great um, people from uh, Burke from Orange Dow, which is the YC Dow, uh, Philip from Arcadico, Renee from Artisan, just kind of like naming some of the people. Um, just grateful to have them. I think just some really great thinkers who are helping push forward what we are building in Web3, which, um, and I'll, you know, just kind of say why we're here <laughs> uh, or why, why I'm here and, you know, why I'm excited is, 
you know, Web3 to me is this ambitious goal of upgrading the internet from the centralized Web2 model that we're all so familiar with and frustrated with, with Twitter, Facebook, centralized data, censorship, all of this. We're all very familiar with this. And the move with Web3 is to upgrade to a user-owned internet. And what that means is it's an internet where we own our own data, where data is decentralized and censorship resistant. And we're going to build on a lot of these really cool tools and primitives that we're all loving and using, such as NFTs, uh, .ptc names, ENS names, uh, a variety of these different tools. All of these together come together to see what I envision as being a user-owned internet. And I keep using that phrase more recently lately because I feel like it cuts through some of the noise of what Web3 has become, which is a lot of different things. Web3 sometimes feels like a shopping mall. It's <laughs> like a lot of things, man. Um, and I just want to like reiterate why I'm here, uh, which is I think this this mission to make this user-owned internet. And so until someone has a better uh, way to describe that, um, <laughs> I'm all ears. Um, you know, so console DAO uh, and what we're building in console HQ, it's really just day one of kind of gathering people that we see are thinking about that and are aligned with that because we imagine console to be the first step in decentralized chat. And I believe we're amongst like the very, like maybe the first five, there's like a few other apps out there, but amongst the first few apps that have integrated ENS and BNS and NFTs just natively into the app with token gating. And that's only the first step that, you know, that literally is the first step into the app. It's the first thing you do is you connect your wallet and you import uh, your data. The cool thing about that that you might not realize is that when you connect with your wallet on console, we take basically no information on you. And we are really proud of that because we're really trying to set the stage for what this user-owned internet can be where you own your own data. So all we're collecting right now is the your public user name. It's kind of like your email, I guess, but not the password, which is really revolutionary because we don't have access to the keys to your account. You do. Your key is in your wallet. You keep that. And we have the public wallet address. And that allows you to keep all the data and all your valuables and assets in your wallet while using console like a view, you know, like a like a like a skin of the internet, right? I don't know how to say it, but that's the idea. Um, so that's what we've built. It's not always so apparent coming into console, you know, this first week, uh, what what's going on behind the scenes. And so I'm going to be doing a lot more writing, a lot more talking about what we're doing because part of making a user-owned internet is really kind of building these fundamental building blocks. And I feel like that's what Web3 has been for a while now, like the past few years. And I want to take it to the next level, which is making apps that really solve real people's problems and just have like a beautiful integrated daily experience where you can kind of forget that stuff's happening on the background. Because at the end of the day, I don't know, like, you know, you don't want to think about what blockchain to use or what, the, like, you just want to like use, live your life and hopefully, you know, own your data as you do. It's really the vision of what we're building. If anybody was invited to console HQ, that's where we're starting to kick off, you know, this journey. And anyone else that's on this journey with us, I would love to connect. I want to know what you're building. I want to know what you're excited about. I want to know what integrations you'd like to see next. Um, and we're going to keep rolling out some really nice surprises uh, in our follow-up Twitter spaces every Monday, as well as in console HQ, um, different kinds.
NFT or different kinds of really cool features and stuff that will uh, especially want to give to the early active community, people that are really helping build this vision um, of bringing console to more people. So it's the early days still, and that's console HQ. Enough about that. If you haven't gotten an invite, I would say if you're here now and you're that interested and you're still sticking around, uh, you can just DM me at my own name up top and just say, hey, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> and if you're here and you stayed this long already, I'm just happy and grateful for you to be part of this little tribe we're building. And so I will send you a personal invite. So just reach reach out to me. Uh, happy to send you that. Um, one more product update. Once you get into console, we also have a desktop app uh, out as of last week. It's on Mac only. PC is coming, but I can also show you how to get access to that as well. So if you want the desktop app, an iPhone app is coming in the next few weeks. So stay up, stay tuned for that. A few people are testing it right now. A few special people have the <laughs> iPhone app, but uh, once the testing is done in about two more weeks, we'll start rolling that out more to console HQers. They will get the first wave. Um, all right, so a lot of stuff going on there. Um, one more news update that may affect or be part of everyone's lives right now, which is there are a lot of conferences going on around Web3. And so as we bring people on stage today, or I'd be so curious if anyone has been at NFT Paris over the past week, if anyone is at ETH Denver right now, just what is up? What are you seeing? What's exciting? How does it relate to building a user on internet? Share it with us. And finally, um, I will be at NFT NYC speaking uh, in April, April 12th. So if anyone's coming to New York City, April 12th, come say hi. Um, we'd love to connect and maybe we'll do a little console um, hang or drinks or something. I haven't quite planned that yet, but <laughs> reach out to me and we can put something together. It'd be great to see you all. Um, so those are events news. Okay, we did product news. We did events news. Let's get to some chat. Um, all right, well, I feel like Titus has become my co-host. <laughs> the past few weeks, I've been calling on him a lot. So uh, uh, Dave, Titus, uh, I'll let jump in here. Um, we'll Feel free to. What's going on? What's what's good, Titus? Titus has been testing out the app the past week. Uh, it's been great to have you. What, what's on your mind? It's beautiful. Uh, I'm glad to be testing. Um, it's it's really nice because I know you know the building slow but intentionally is an important thing for console and using a product that really speaks to me as something that works and something that you know like is is being built carefully uh, means that I'm just going to love it long term and I am loving it so far. Um, you know, uh, just to give people a kind of an idea of what it looks like if you haven't actually tested the app is there's a lot of things you would expect. There's, you know, emoji style reactions, there's threading, um, there's a web view, there's, you know, of course, the desktop app, and I guess iOS is coming, push notifications are coming. But what's important is that it works. Um, you, know, you get the, the mentions and the notifications that you would expect are, you know, probably um, right on the cusp of being push. But for now, they're kind of like, you know, just like bubbles in the app. And so it's pretty... Um, Best of all, it's not Discord. <laughs> it doesn't look like Discord. It doesn't feel like Discord. It feels like if I had to compare it to something, it's a little more Slack-like in that I feel like shit gets done in it, but also it's pretty. Like um, you, know, you can choose your, you know, like I, there's a very dark view that I'm using right now. I think that might be the only view, but it's nice. Um, and regarding token gating and stuff like that, I guess additional features are coming. I'm trying to stay focused right now, but it's hailing at the moment and that hasn't it's been something i've experienced in a while it's literally hailing on the roof and that's that's really fun but yeah the app is beautiful i've enjoyed it um we're testing things and um yeah 
Um, I will also be at NFT NYC, so I look forward to a console hang with anyone else who shows up. I just bought my NFT ticket for that, so I guess they're going to figure out how to get that right and do token gating for that. Um, I would love to see, like, so when I think about console growing as a product, I think about this. Like, I imagine, oh, you know, someone bought an NFT NYC ticket. Let's create a chat that just by default is for people who are only the people who are actually going. And so there's, you know, like a chat that gets created by someone who goes, you know, this NFT that has nothing to do with the project I'm in creates a separate token gate within the product where, you know, intentional chat can happen. And it's not just spam. It's not just shill, but it's real. Like these people are invested in this thing. And so that's the way I see, you know, like intentional chat going. And then I see large groups going, hey. Um, let's focus on building communities where like sub communities can build within the product, and so that's that's how I see it. Yeah, that that's really helpful, Titus. Um, I really like the idea of yeah being able to use our tokens to really easily spin up communities. So like maybe like an NFT NYC console, you know, and and really kind of seamlessly having that integration. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, I like I like it a lot, uh, as well as sub 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 communities as well. Um, yeah, for right now, you know, console HQ is is our is our main focus over the next few weeks, and like just trying to get like the early adopters in and and trying to understand, um, you know, <laughs> who we all are, just kind of getting to know each other and getting to understand what we're all building. Um, but yeah, we are interested in spinning up a lot of um, new communities. We have quite a wait list. And as I've said, if anyone does have a community they want to join, you can apply on our website, console.xyz, or again, just be annoying in my DMs. Not like too annoying, because I'll probably be like, hey, that's too annoying. But you could remind me, <laughs> a friendly reminder, and it's likely um, you know, the people who are coming to the Twitter spaces. I feel like this is like a safe space to announce things, because I'm like, anyone who is just coming week over week, and asking questions and learning, I feel like you know this is the people who are going to bring this, uh, refine this, and, and all of that. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and Titus, I heard it was hailing in LA. I don't know. I don't want to dock with you. I don't know where you. Are. I don't actually know where you <laughs> oh, are. I don't but. mind. You can dox me all you want. Um, so like again, the Titus study thing isn't about me not saying, "Hey, my name's Chris, and I'm a guy that's real." You know, like it's not about that. It's about identity. Um, I, I prefer to choose this identity in the Web3 space because I feel it speaks to us all starting from zero, us, us all going, hey, let's you know, build a, an identity with provenance, an identity that we can you know, be transparent about and that we can care that um, it's not just another AI-generated face or a real face, like, you know, or maybe it's you know, makeup or maybe it's you know, really good Photoshop or whatever. Like, there's, there's no provability around who I am as a, an individual with a face. Like, that... It just means at some point I could use biometrics on it, but that doesn't track my behavior. Um, on the other hand, doing good things on chain is something that speaks to provenance. We can go, hey, you know, this is a thing I did, and this means that you might want to align with me on something else in the future. These connections that we build are important and, you know, like more importantly, mathematically provable. So that's, yeah. you know, like there are problems with that, of course, because, you know, quantum computing might someday break encryption and this and that and the other thing. But this is, I think, the best effort we've made so far towards going, hey, let's let's track human behavior in a way that's, you know, useful and composable future. So that's what I want to see. But yeah, I'm Chris. I live in Napa. I love it here. It's kind of cold. That's basically me. I actually didn't know your I'm, name was Chris, too. I'm another Chris. Another, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> not casting Chris, but yeah. <laughs> that's awesome.
Uh, so it's it's hailing in California. That makes sense. Okay, now you've you've, you've shared it, okay. guys. That that was like a major uh, new development in the console story that you all have witnessed. So when this becomes a docu series, man, <laughs> did not know. I didn't know it was a secret. <laughs> I mean, if you really wanted to like figure it out, like I, I posted pictures from NFT NYC and stuff like that. I'm a real person, you know, whatever. Yeah. I'm not just an AI generated voice or something. Not yet. Pe- people here have met me. You know how it is. Hey, Titus, I think you hit on a lot of really, uh, well, you know, one thing I want to talk about more um, and, and, and invite other people to jump in on um, this idea about, you know, the way you see identity is is very near and dear to my heart as well, because I feel like this amazing invention has come to light where our identity can be cryptographically, basically meaning provable and owned by ourselves. And owned by ourselves, meaning like I could be in my living room and I can sign, which is what you do at your wallet. When you sign, you're proving this is me. That's really, really powerful. But I could also share that with all the world, right? So I can do that in a decentralized way. And the same way, you know, Bitcoin has whatever market cap, like 0.5 trillion, who the hell knows today, right? But it has a lot of money in it. I wonder where the mind shift comes where that amount of capital, and I don't mean literally money, but care, like the amount of energy and care that people put into digital money, decentralized money c- comes to the decentralized identity space. And I, I know what people are thinking. Well, you know, ENS names, you know, skyrocketed, like doubled in the past year. And, and, you know, BNS names are on the rise. And there's a bunch of other ways that we could talk about. Those are just two examples. But there's a lot. Um, and yet, it sometimes feels like, I said this last week, like, like our digital identities are just fancy PFPs that we're just putting in our Twitter bio. And I don't know, I, I'm starting to question and just in like a healthy way, do people really care? Do they understand the power of what we could do with these things? Um, and if we care about it, which you seem to care as much as I do, and I know a lot of people who are in this room do, how do we bring adoption? How do we bring a tidal wave of adoption where people maybe five years in the future are using their I, their decentralized identity, again, I'll just say BNS and ENS, just as an example, using your decentralized identity as opposed to email for identity, as opposed to some other way of like wet signatures, which is like pen or like, yeah, how do we actually bring that and make that useful? Or do you disagree that that's maybe the point or the purpose of where we're trying to go with all this but that's the way i see it and i'm, I'm curious maybe titus or anyone else that wants to jump in on that come up on stage raise your hand we'd love to have you but yeah titus you can go for it absolutely um so the answer i usually give to this is incentivization um it's usually about hey why does this doing this thing that i know is you know inherently good why does this actually benefit me other than just to feel you know, yummy in my tummy about it or whatever it is. You know, I feel like I made it, I, I made a good choice or I did a thing that supports an ecosystem that, you know, is to some degree transparent. But what does it actually do for me? And a lot of people think of that as like, well, in Web3, adoption equals airdrop equals I made some money. You know, like it's it's kind of sad because it's so motivated by, you know, like it's it's almost an inherent greed motivator. But it also works in that doing something that makes somebody money encourages them to then do something good with that money. 
So like if it's on chain already, then it can then go into an ecosystem that might be liquidity or it might be something else. Like whatever it is, it can potentially be good. And that's important. Also, the more that people do the good things, the more people will build things that support the good things. So sometimes it's about airdrops and it's fucking, you know, just about money. And other times it's about everyone's doing it. So why won't I? And it's, yeah, I think we can motivate people through that form of incentives and it, it might involve redistribution of money. Um, but at the very least, I think we need to make things easier from a product perspective as well. So if, you know, the platform is easier to log in with ENS or BNS or whatever than it is by signing up with, you know, your username and password, and those are the options, then maybe they'll choose ENS. Maybe they'll choose BNS. Maybe, you know, the cost is 10% cheaper if you use a decentralized identity for the thing that you buy. Like the, the, these structures have to be built into the system in an incentivizational you know, structure. And if we don't do that, or we don't build them at all, we just go sign in with MetaMask or sign in with Google or whatever, I think people will just choose Google. And that's unfortunate because everyone already has those things. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, part of what I'm hearing is it helps to give people really clear, you know, here, here's the value of this. And I like this, this concept of, you know, maybe it's cheaper to use the, the, that ETH first email. Um, I don't, I don't know that that would actually make sense logistically. Like I can't think of an example, but I like the exercise. You know, maybe it's quicker. Security is a really hard thing to sell people on, or privacy. I think a, a handful of people, maybe five percent of the world, really care. Um, but it's not. An, it's not like a visible thing that people can see, like money, like amounts of money. Um, but I think this exercise is interesting. It's like what what lever or even event you know, can trigger people moving to Web3 user identities away from their old identities. But one, one example, I would, I'd love if anyone wants to jump in on what those like events could be or monetization twists could be. Well, one, one I'll give, which is recent, which is like when Elon Musk bought Twitter, you saw there was this tidal wave of people that went to Mastodon. I think that is an event that caused people to go, oh, I'm going to change my behavior. And behavior change is hard, but people flocked. The issue and the reason I would say it didn't work out is people got to Mastodon and I think you just arrived on like some island and there was just like a little bit, not, not so much food and it maybe wasn't so safe there. And it was also like a little bit strange. I'm not trying to beat up on Mastodon, but that was, that was my first experience. It was a little hard to get there. It was like a little hard. Once you got there, it wasn't so many people. It felt a little, little, you know. So I, I think having a platform, whether it's console or, or you know, different ways that we're pushing forward decentralized social media that's like we have a tribe there we have enough to share with people it's easy to get there like all those kind of things like when you think about traveling but when there is this event that we're all ready to be like okay this is where we're going guys like we're ready um so that's just me kind of telling you guys about like what an event might be i don't or, or one event that happened recently that triggered this um i'd love to hear from i see evan i see um mc front run and uh, anyone else that wants to come up. But uh, that's an open question. But also, if you have something else on your mind, you can go for it. Um, I'll, I'll pivot to Evan if, uh, if you want to add to that or if you have something else on your mind, go for it. Hey, everyone. Love these spaces. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I, so as everyone could probably guess, you know, I'm a big like, identity fan. Um, I really do believe that digital identity will 
um, you know, hit mainstream adoption eventually. I do think centralized forms will exist, but I think it, it's going to be a range of different identities that people will use. Um, I think one of the things that will really make users want it will be just integrations. I think once it's everywhere where I can just import my username, I don't have to create a new login, and then I can have all my friends already there like things like that like i think what titus was like alluding to is so true where you need a better product like no one's gonna be like oh it's decentralized i'm gonna adopt it no there has to be something of true value but i do think value is here and the fact that um it's owner like like chris as you say the ownership of the internet well ownership of identity i think a lot of people will you know get behind they just need it to be usable they're not going to be willing to sacrifice a decent centralized identity for uh, centralized you know they they have to be like having a product that they can use and that is functioning and that actually is probably better because they're not going to switch if not but i think things like you guys creating this i think social media protocols all these things are coming together where ens uh btc all these naming systems are gonna start to have real use case it just takes time. It's that chicken and the egg issue. And I think it's another big factor is I think everyone would agree that wallets is going to be one of the biggest onboardings for crypto. Well, I would say, you know, there's probably a good percentage of every wallet that, you know, uses crypto for a certain amount of time on chain. They probably get some form of identity. So I think over time, as Twitter, you know, launches a wallet, as Visa and all these companies talk about creating wallets. I think all, you know, it's just going to take time, but we're getting there. Cool. Evan, I love that. Um, w one thought came to mind as you were saying that. Is there a wallet that doesn't accept cryptocurrency? <laughs> I'm making that up right now, but it could be interesting because just to decouple this idea of money, I feel like all the wallets right now are very, all the features lean toward money management. You know, I just wonder if there's one that's more of like a remote control to like other wallets and just like a more beautiful experience where it's not this like, hey, here's how to Uniswap your Ethereum. I don't know. In some ways, I worry that that is really convoluted and tricky. Here's how to go to Polygon and switch networks. But that's just like a really simple wallet that was just ID. It's just a random idea. I, I, I want to I plus one that, Chris. I actually had the same thought over the weekend. Um, and I was thinking... You know, we, we have connect with MetaMask and connect with Hero. Um, Hero happens to be a, you know, a product that we, you know, our friends, the trust machines built. And it would be interesting to think about sort of a white label of Hero, to be honest. Um, you know, essentially the same functionality, but not even calling it a wallet. I mean, it's basically like my ID, you know, my, call it like something sexier than my ID. Um, connect with my ID, you know? Interesting, yeah. And it's interesting to think what other features, if you rethink the wallet experience as like a, I don't know, remote control comes to mind for me. I'm not, that's not the, that's like a very dated, uh, a beta VHS tapes come to mind for me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just making fun of myself. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, there must be something like, I, I don't know. I mean, it is called console. So maybe there's like the joystick or something. <laughs> I don't know, something a little more like you're taking action. But yeah, Dave, that's, that's really cool. Because uh, I wonder if you, if you think about the user experience more, through that idea, through that path, 
I wonder what other brainstorms come out of that. It's like, okay, well, if it's not if it's about the user id you also need this you also need this like what what can we build with that you know importing your like even just importing your social graph like i would love a wallet that was like i could see my lens social graph and maybe make connections easier or something like that yeah i don't, I don't know i'm just brainstorming now but um uh feel free to jump in if somebody has something hyper relevant otherwise um i will pull up mc front runner but unless unless evan or titus or dave wanted to Jump, just speak up here. I will jump in real quick. Jump, jump, um, jump, jump, jump. <laughs> so the way that we think of, you know, the key pair is wallet because of necessity. At first, at least, I would say, because the, you know, like if you were to bootstrap a blockchain, the first thing you do is you go, hey, you know, what's going to incentivize someone to do good, good things, good behavior? And that, a lot of times that's run nodes. It's decentralized network. And the rewards come off as this token, which for whatever reason, a lot of times becomes in our minds, cryptocurrency. And cryptocurrency is just the wrong word almost all the time, except when we're actually just going, hey, let's trade, you know, this very, very specific subset of a definition of like a token that is just for fungibility. It's just for, you know, the US dollar or the the euro or whatever it is. And that's that's a broken mindset. And actually, uh, David, I love that you beat me to the, you know, why are we calling it a wallet? Why aren't we calling it an identity thing? And I've certainly heard that many times before. But I would say, like, crypto is more than all of these things. Um, identity is a great way to use it. And it's just one of many uses. Um, but yeah, we can't call it a key pair. So I think we need to figure out what it actually is supposed to be. The problem is just that these things are growing beyond their original use. Like there was no ERC-721 standard when ERC-20 came out, and that's fine. Um, and we should expect this thing to grow beyond that as well. Um, digital collectibles or whatever it is, is just one step. Digital identities will probably have its own standard. Um, you know, commodities of various other kinds, I would imagine. Well, you know, like let's let's start defining, you know, the contract of contracts and things like that. Yeah, do you, um is there a standard for digital identities? Like is there an ERC for that or is that just kind of There is like a thousand ERCs. Oh. So there's like no way to know for sure. Which, oh, I didn't know like, that. I haven't seen any on like the standard track or whatever though. Oh, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Um thanks for thanks for adding that Titus. Um I'm going to call up uh, MC Frontrun. Yeah, feel free to join in the mm -hmm. conversation or you know if you have a question more generally about anything we touched on, um feel Hello. free to no, thanks. Uh, uh, great conversation. Thank you for uh, letting me talk. Uh, privacy and identity are big uh, things uh, that I, you know, try to promote and tell other people about. Uh, I do think pe more people would care about privacy if they knew how how much of our data is sold and then sold again to third parties and data brokers and what they're doing, uh, the type of manipulation that they do. Just a tar, you know, and then the deal that we get, like they're making billions of dollars off of these ads. And, uh, then what do we get out of it, right? For our, all our information, it, we get targeted ads, which does not seem like a good deal to me. Uh, the identity, I don't, I don't think it should stick with a particular wallet. Uh, I think it should be a transferable because, like, right, right now, I've got a bunch of e ENS names, but I've also got, uh, you know, mcfrontrun.tez and mc, you know, .soul and uh, the Lens account, and I have all these separate things that are tied to identity. But not only that, I also have separate identities and, and none of them need to be necessarily tied to who I am as an actual person. So uh, we should be able to protect our privacy, have multiple identities for different things. You know, MC Front Run is my Rappin Web3 NFT account, and then I've got other accounts that do other functions. Uh, so uh, you should be able to 
have multiple identities. Uh, your reputation will be based on what you do. Uh, all of that needs to be open, you know, like uh, blockchain and public ledger, and that's how you prove, right? Um, uh, trust, or would you don't not really trust, but uh, that you're above board. But that doesn't necessarily have to be tied with your name you know on your birth certificate and kyc i feel like is a dinosaur uh old finance you know term that we need to get away from but that's it thank you for letting me talk amazing thanks so much i love that um anybody want to add to that or any any thoughts great yeah um yeah i think i think there's a lot of <laughs> definitely a lot of work to do in, in rethinking how how and where we, we bring all these tools and um yeah, I think that's just part of the conversation. I'm, re I'm really glad that we're touching on a lot of this. Um, let's uh, and thank you so much for uh, for joining MC Front. This might be the first time you're here, and we're super happy to have you join us. So thank you. Thank you. Um, let's bring up Katz. Katz had a, has a question or a hand raised. What's up, Chris and crew? Um, yeah, I loved the conversation earlier about wallets, and I think it's so so critical to maybe maybe rename uh, and um, Rearchitect our understanding of what wallets are and what they represent. And over the last week, I've been messing around with um, Meta uh, and Instagram's integration of NFTs, and you can now display, um, you know, like your NFTs right on Instagram. And it requires you to like tie in your wallet. And what I found was really interesting was like their recommended wallets, right? Because it's a massive platform uh, for onboarding, and their wallet of choice was Trust Wallet. I think it was Trust and Rainbow, in my experience which is very like non-traditional from like the typical tie-in MetaMask. Obviously MetaMask is there, they have Wallet Connect and they have, I think they have like five other recommended wallets. But when I start to think about like other use cases, for example, in like the, let's call it like fashion world that seems to be really uh, adopting a lot of Web3 tools and NFTs. I heard someone like call it a wardrobe, right? Like your, your wardrobe. And I heard another company reference it as your vault um, in, in order for like uh, potentially just storing some of your digital assets. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. A wardrobe is a more friendly term. And as you think about how Instagram and all these other platforms can potentially onboard people, it's like the nomenclature will play such a critical role, right? And there's trust in the fact that it's coming from meta, uh, maybe not as much trust in terms of what they're gathering and like the data they'll have. Like now I'm like, okay, uh, do they not have my wallet address and all these other things? And what am I really signing up for? But I think it's so important to talk about like language and how we introduce some of these new technologies in a way that's friendly and trusted amongst like your everyday consumer. Yeah, that, that, that's so true. It's funny with with email, we just say, hey, do you have an email address, right? I, guess, I mean, like if somebody's like getting an email address, like a kid or back in the day, you would just get an email address. Um, with Web3, it's not as clear because it's like, hey, you could say, hey, do you have like a .eth address? But to do that first, you also have to get a wallet. You maybe have to get some, you know, the, the first onboarding is not just getting the name. It's all these steps before it. And that is a really hard funnel to take somebody, oh, okay, you have to take your wallet hash and copy it here and like, whatever. Um and that's a bit of a shame. And, and in addition, I think part of the sh there's a bit of a shame too around um, some of I guess I'll call it like politicking because if there was just one standard, it would be easy for us all to just like rally around it. And and I'm not arguing that you know idyllically, oh, it'd be great if there was just one standard. I mean, 
I think I can see it both ways. I mean, obviously, it's great to have competition, too, and in a decentralized ecosystem to try lots of different things. I'm just thinking about the onboarding user. It's not so easy to be like, hey, here's an email address. It's like, okay, well, do you want to work on Solana or do you want to work on Ethereum? Okay, okay, well, then you're going to have to do this. Okay, then you have to do these 10 steps. It's very complicated. I, I do feel like, you know, onboarding to the user-owned internet, that's like how we started this talk. It's like, the more we talk about it, the more I'm just like convinced that this wallet or whatever we should call it situation um, has a big opportunity. I mean, what about a wallet that, that you just download it and like you just have your your name already? <laughs> I don't know if that's even possible. Precisely. But, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, and I think it was Titus who said that like a really poignant phrase is like doing more good things on chain. And I, I love that. I'm like, you know, whether you're in the space as like a web three crypto native or curious when you say like doing good things on chain it, it's just so friendly and i think more open-minded and maybe more simple and basic wallets that enable us to do good things on chain is, is what's needed amazing um i see evan has his hand up yeah no so i loved what you said about the like naming like right when you get the wallet I think that might actually be something that's possible, but in the like short term, Rainbow is really killing it on this aspect. If you check out, I, I highly recommend anyone who's in, interested in like di like digital identity or anything like that, check out Rainbow. In like three or four clicks, you can get right to registering an ENS within your Rainbow wallet, and you can even like control where you're like the positioning of where it's pointing to and all that. So I think it's a really amazing feature. I think of it from like what Steve Jobs used to say. He's always like three clicks or less. It's all about simplicity for the end user. The end user's job is not to know these things. It's not to be the one that's supposed to go out of its way to learn it. It's the job of the wallet and the job of Web3 to teach the user. And Rainbow is leading on this front. UI is what's going to onboard users. And so I'm really bullish on Rainbow and anyone who's building a easy to like understand user interface. I'm going to chime in since someone's talking at this very moment, and at least I hope that I'm not rugging somebody else. Oh, no, do, do, do it, do it, do it. Nice. Um, first of all, like, this is obviously still a very evolving conversation, and thank you all for being here for part of it. Like, the people who really want to build these products and love what they're doing, like, the, these opinions matter so much right now. Nomenclature matters, absolutely. Like, this is something I'm working on in a more personal perspective um, to bring standards to Web3 in terms of, like, what it is, what the fuck we're talking about is important. And what we're building is just as important because otherwise, you know, like, <laughs> engineers have specifications that they have to build to. And if, you know, those things aren't clear because the words don't mean the same things, then who knows what we're going to get. Um, we, we have to work together on these things. Composability matters as well. And yeah, these voices matter because like, I don't know what walks of life everyone comes here from. I know that they have a phone and they can get, or well, I guess even a computer in this case, because not everyone's on stage, but yeah, I know that, you know, you have something probably to say, hopefully you'll say it in text if you can't get up on stage and say it with your voice. But yeah, these opinions matter so much now, these perspectives, the ability to go, Hey, what is an onboard that I would love? What is the ability to put something on chain that I would respect reading about later. Like, how do we tell a story on chain and then present it in a way that isn't just a token? Like, how do we, how do we present storytelling as, you know, the web page or the, you know, not wallet, but the identity or the whatever it is that's cryptographically provable and go, hey, this is useful to the world and it adds value. 
Like we'll get there. And I think we just need to keep having these conversations going, how can we build it? What are, what are the composable aspects that will build it? Because I think we're all working on a little bit of something right now that will build it together. I totally agree. <laughs> I was I just going to real quickly add that Evan took most of my point saying that these uh, large companies that make millions and billions on, you know, user fees at Coinbase and it, they're not doing nearly enough to educate their own users, right? But they're asking for their, their users' money, and and you know when they lose it, oh, we're not responsible for you know what happened to you with scams. But uh, you know they're they have their academy websites, but um, I think it has to be more entertaining because I've been part of uh, educational project or projects that um, you know we built contract scanners and um, resources and you know nice website forums, all that you know people in general i mean the people who are interested will reach out and they don't need the help but it's the ones that are uninterested that you got to reach and they're the ones getting ripped off so uh trying to make it you got to make it entertain it gamify it and some of the music i make uh is meant to do some of that but they uh crypto zombies uh platform that teaches you how to uh, about solidity is a great example um but uh you kind of have to force feed people because they don't want they don't want to learn sometimes you just want everything easy and then you can't have something easy when it's decentralized right you can't regulate away the scammers they're always going to be here because without uh, destroying the whole point of crypto right yeah well well said well said um evan did you i know you were mid thought do you have anything else to add to that i see you put your hand back up yeah i know you guys are trying to wrap it up soon so i'll just quickly touch on this but so i just searched it up there so apple pay has over 500 million users across the globe. And so with if you get Rainbow Wallet and Apple Pay, and like I said, over 500 million people already have that, you can, and literally I did the math, it's, I think it takes five or six clicks to go from having a wallet downloaded to then having ETH in your wallet and registering a domain within Rainbow Wallet. I think that's really cool. I think that's how we get people to like onboard you know, obviously, I hope more companies keep doing this and more wallets are spun up. Competition's a good thing, but it's just amazing to see that already it's getting easier. It's not, you know, we're not there yet, but we're getting there. So it's just great to see that, you know, Rainbow killing it. You guys are killing it. Everyone just kind of chipping in, doing their part, like Titus said. Amazing. Um, can you clarify, Evan? Uh, you mentioned Apple Pay. Was that just saying, like, an, was it saying, like, if Apple Pay adopts a wallet in the future? or something else? So wallets like MetaMask and Rainbow Wallet, you can already fund your wallet through Apple Pay. So Apple Pay, if you have Apple Pay on your phone, I can instantly already just click, like even if I never use the wallet, just in two clicks, have my wallet um, upload ETH. And I think that's pretty amazing because that's one of the first steps is like going from fiat to ETH. So if we can get a wallet with the user, then get them ETH, and then get them an identity all within a couple of clicks, all within one app. I think that's like a killer use case of like onboarding. And so that's why I wanted to point it Damn, out. That's really cool. Um, <laughs> what that makes me think about a little bit is we've been talking about this wallet metaphor that we use, wallet, wallet, wallet. Um, yeah, what you're pointing to, Evan, is everybody already has a phone. Maybe it's just like giving an ID to your phone or something <laughs> or like registering your phone i don't know I, i'm just riffing but it's, it's interesting to think about apple pay and rainbow and how overnight you can reach just so many people because so many people have iphones so I, I don't know if there's something to that but uh 
it, that's really cool, man. I, I like that a lot. And also, thanks for all the education about Rainbow. I can't wait to do five or less clicks to try ENS. I want to see if that's um, what that flow is like because you're right. I think I think pointing people to that, and that's something console can do as well. It's like we haven't integrated Rainbow yet, but the more I just keep learning about it, like we want to support that. I just think having a really fluid on ramp making it easier for people is is so important so thank you for for all that you guys um let's see a few more questions and we'll wrap things up um and then we have some new faces here i'd like to welcome up um we'll do damon first and then we'll have uh one two eight nine come up so uh damon what's what's on your mind you have a question or something you want to add to the conversation yeah thank you guys so much for having me um and uh evan you made a ton of fantastic points um and I think what I love about this conversation is it's it's centered very much around the uh, realization that things are not easier for the customer, right? And and the conversation uh, stemmed uh, uh, brought up Mastodon, right? Mastodon's been ex in existence for many years, but uh, when there was that mass exodus, people turned right around because it wasn't as easy. Right in this day and age, people want something that just works. Right, like they want something that, like, hey, uh, you know, as much as we may not like it, like these algorithms that are feeding these people uh, creates an enjoyable experience for most of the masses. Right, like because it's something that they don't really have to uh, involve themselves in very deeply. With you know, a couple of likes, retweet, et cetera, et cetera, and they're on their way. And so the 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 aspect that matters most is how can with within obviously the parameters of the technology how can we make this easier for people to understand how can we make this easier for people to use right like evan brought up like apple with apple pay like it it's easy for them like to to grow pretty quickly because uh there's so many Apple devices, right? So when they bought a beat and then created Apple Music, it was already available for people. And so that's where I believe the like the growth is gonna happen when there's already like maturation and it's like, hey, come on board, look at this benefit, right? People don't care about pe uh, features. Those are more niche things. People care about benefits and how it's gonna serve them and make their lives easier. So I think that's where the conversation has to center around. Heck yeah. Uh, Damon, definitely on point with that. Thank you so much for for joining. Uh, great to have you. And um, yeah, thanks for listening the whole time. I think you had a good point about, about the earlier chat about Mastodon. That's a really good point. Um, well, I'm gonna let's do. Uh, what are we gonna do? Let me do. Uh, we've had one, two, eight, nine with uh, with your hand up, bit, and then it looks like Emily just joins with her hand up. So we'll we'll do Emily at next. Um, for anyone who's just joining, we've been talking a lot about onboarding to Web three, um, and specifically this user owned internet. And really, we've just we've really been drilling into this idea of like a wallet. Why is it called a wallet? You know, is there a better name for it? How do we bring, you know, how do we bring people? by having more easier incentives or just making it easier. You know, we've been hitting on a lot of these topics. So for anyone that just uh, arrived, um, yeah, we're going to continue down that thread a bit more. Would love to have you in on the discussion. If anyone wants to join, raise your hand. Okay. Um, so one, two, eight, nine. Um, great to have you. Uh, you have a question or something you want to add to the conversation? Hey, guys. Uh, GM. Yeah, I, I just wanted to touch uh, a few points that you guys were discussing. All all good points all around, definitely. Um, with regards to onboarding, 
I guess the easiest crowd to appeal to is actually crypto native people. And uh, in this case, uh, Coinbase obviously has the upper hand. Um, uh, I posted a, a thread about this with now with base, they obviously going to go uh, going to onboard all their customers, a hundred million uh, plus. And since they have the CBID usernames that they are giving out freely to their users, that will be the easiest way to funnel all those people to their base layer um, and give them free IDs. So that is, in my view, the same way of giving out uh, f uh, free emails back in the 90s, right? That way they can give, and their name is going to be everywhere, right? Those people, they're already native. Uh, perhaps they were not as tax heavy as to go into NFTs or what have you. They were just reoccurring buyers of ETH or Bitcoin. Now they might be a bit more adventurous and take those free usernames and go in and try out a few things. And, uh, but all these people will be using CBID usernames everywhere. So I feel like Coinbase is, is really doing uh, a great job. I don't like it because it's a step in between because these usernames are, are still ruggable because uh, they imported their DNS. They're not using their ENS on this one. It's still using ENS infrastructure, but it's ruggable. So I don't like it because of that. But I feel that a lot of people are going to notice all these CBID usernames everywhere. And hopefully that will, uh, with some education, obviously, will help uh, a lot of people look into identity a little bit more. Uh, another point that I want to mention, uh, you know, with regards to the nomenclature of uh, wallets is uh, a good name that I thought about was Satchel, you know. In the gaming world, satchel is very much used as, you know, another word for wallet where you take your items from your gaming experience. So I guess that, that's a good one, I feel. And in that regard, reputation comes into it because it's something that you carry all around for where, wherever you go. And, uh, you know, when Frank D. Gods bought his .eth, uh, you know, I want the to buy the name, and he finally did. And one of the points that I that I raised back then, because everyone was talking about, um, you know, the royalties going to zero. One of the things that an identity definitely can help with is the royalties, because at that point we know uh, Frank T. Gods has a wallet, we know his wallet, and we know if he goes and pays royalties or not. So the best way is to have an identity, something we can point to. And in this case, for console, if you have an, uh, a way that a community can uh, make that information available uh, within the community, I guess that would be a good way of keeping everyone honest. That was it. Thank you, guys. Damn, dude. 1289 just blew just blew the storage space up with a lot of great ideas. Thank you. Um, okay. Satchel, very interesting. Thanks for sharing. Um, console communities, maybe also having their own ID systems. That's sort of something I started here at the end, what that would be like, how we can help promote ID. Um, 
we're just going to go past those two points right now to focus on the one that I find it, it really, really, we only have so much time. So I just want to like dive into and, and get some other thoughts on. Um, Coinbase IDs, that is something I overlooked. You're totally right. Coinbase has been issuing these cb.ids um, many people if you get i think you need i think you need this the wallet right i don't know if you could just do it with the custody i can't remember yeah okay titus is saying yes so um, that's right okay yeah so i do have the wallet i got i think i'm castig.id or something like that um and that's really interesting because yeah they do they are trying to make that like the email address like hotmail would or yahoo or whatever i don't know whatever back in the day when you'd get like a ISP Verizon, they'd be like, here's your email address or your Apple. Here's your Apple email address. It is really interesting. I didn't think about that as being, um, you know, maybe something to either leverage or fear. And I, I don't totally know how I think about it. Um, so I'm going to open up the question um, or I would love some people to, to chime in on this. What do we think about custodial ID system. So that's that's one of them, right? Um, and the other one I've been thinking about is magic.link, if anyone's checked that out. Uh, essentially, it's a way you get a magic link, like an email, a link email to you. And similarly, your ID is kind of custodied on the site. Um, do we like that or do we not like that? What are, I mean, I, I can imagine the pros and cons, is it, but I would kind of simplify it to, is it better because it onboards people and gets people familiar easily? Or... Is it kind of just like a weird ruggable patch that's like not going to progress us at all? Um, yeah, I'd love to open up that question. Emily, I know you have your hands up, so you're welcome to join in on that. Or if anybody else wants to join, you could also raise your hands. Um, would love to hear your thoughts on that question. Yeah. Um, in general, I'm very pretty opposed to um, custodying wallets. I think that that is... I'm basically taking the worst of both worlds and combining them. So I don't really like that narrative. Um, but that's that's just like my opinion, right? Um, I mean, the, the points that I was going to bring up is that a, a wallet is kind of a misnomer to begin with. Um, people like to think that wallets hold stuff. Wallets don't hold anything at all. Um, I think a, a better parallel for that is a literal profile. That's your profile. And the only person that can change um, what leaves your profile is the owner of your seed phrase. Um, and I think that makes sense and also makes a lot of sense in the context of console. Um, I feel like this conversation around onboarding is really contrived and doesn't really come from a productive place. It's just kind of um, trying to trying to create solutions for a problem that doesn't necessarily exist. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, onboarding is only a problem if we're looking for like exit liquidity in essence, but people are going to use whatever format you're providing the tools that they want to use. They're going to figure out how to do it if the experience that you provide is good to the point that they have no choice. Like the first time grandma made a Facebook profile, it was probably not something that she's ever done before. So these types of things are, you know, trying to teach someone like the ins and outs of cryptocurrency, I think are pretty unnecessary. I don't know how a combustion engine works and I still can drive my car just fine. Um, and I know that in order to stay safe, I put on my seatbelt and I drive a car with airbags, right? Like I learn how to use it without learning the intricacies of how it works. And I think, you know, getting to know that nuance and really accepting it is important. And like the opportunity for a new um, social media platform, especially a decentralized one, is very much present. And the way that you overcome that is through heuristics. 
if I can get on and be successful in the first couple of seconds, I'm going to feel good about that platform. I'm going to want to come back. I'm going to think that's interesting. I'm going to, um, you know, feel good when I get on there and I'm going to keep getting on there and keep clicking around and trying to build whatever it is that I'm able to build. And all of that comes down to just how easy is it for me to feel successful? So understanding what it means to be successful on a social media platform and providing that to someone the second that they get on there is really the onboarding for someone's profile that they require that you're looking for to make a platform like this catch fire. Um, thanks for sharing that. Titus raised his hand right away. So I don't know if Titus, you want to you know, chat about that or have sure. some. Yeah. Emily, good to have you back. Um, I feel like I'm here all the time. And so it's so nice when people come back uh, who were speakers before and talk. And I know you had a lot to say last time. Um, the way I think of onboarding is more than just an experience that goes, hey, uh, let's just you know get somebody using a product. It's um, sometimes when you're being your own bank, there's risks that are beyond the scope of you know creating a profile on a social media service where if you get hacked then some bad stuff gets posted and then you know maybe you delete it or you report your account or whatever but with uh, the blockchain world uh, you lose maybe a million dollars and so there's you know there's solutions that we would have to build into these things before they would become truly like the easiest onboarding I mean, ever like a, that being like a quick note you know what i do right I do okay. and i'm thinking about that actually but <laughs> <laughs> i didn't quite get to it yet because yeah um, I think the solution eventually becomes part of the problem. Like, you know, how do you, how do you onboard, but how, how do you also give somebody uh, the best in breed experience that would be also secure? And so I, you know, I think maybe just going, let's focus on getting the users in and yeah, like you said, exit liquidity is less the discussion as well. And sometimes it's more just about like, how can we give people an experience that is actually the best for them, not just the easiest for them. So um, sometimes that means, you know, guardians and things like that. Sometimes that means, you know, maybe it's shadow tokens is, is the solution you would suggest. Maybe it's, um, you know, like multi-sig for others. Um, so I think the choice, like presenting somebody with signing with MetaMask is the wrong answer right there, for example. You're saying, hey, you need to use this technology to use this open platform. That's bullshit. Um, saying, you know, like, Wallet Connect would be closer, but yeah, sign in with your Web3 wallet, but better yet, sign in with your Web3 identity, sign in with your Web3, you know, whatever, whatever it is that we eventually decide identity or um, profile or whatever it is, is means that we're not taking choice away from the customer, the user, the experience, but also giving them that true self-custody that that's why they're, you know, sometimes that's why they're there. Sometimes they just want to buy a fucking hoodie. Like I get it, but <laughs> it's still like the only way we actually track identity and go, Hey, this is a composable thing is to use open standards to do it. Yeah. Can I respond? Yeah, go for it. Um, I, I definitely agree with a lot of your points. I think that, um, the entire or not the entire, but a large portion of the value that comes from, um, you know, a, a self-custody user management, which is what you get as a result of using something like your quote-unquote wallet to log in, um, is that ownership piece, right? Like I, now, if you've literally built a dApp, if you've built it in a way that is compatible across the blockchain, I can use whatever technology I want to use. Um, and that's what's really cool about it, right? Like I'm not limited to the wallet I use as long as it's on the right chain. Um, I'm not I'm not limited by these things that were historically in the way of my ability to log in easily. Um, and that's, that's what it's meant to be. That's what it's meant to be built towards. Um, 
I mean, we have we have other things that make you safe. It's not just you know that one singular product, the shadow token. Um, that's kind of like the freebie that we just will give out to somebody. But um, at the you know at the same time, like I think that there's a ton of room for improvement just in the way that we navigate. You know, um, I don't want to say MetaMask is a villain, but they do a lot of unsavory things that I think if people understood the extent of those things, they would not be happy that they're using MetaMask. And most um, most ETH dApps only test on MetaMask, so you literally can't even use Wallet Connect successfully. Like, I use it begrudgingly because it's the only thing that works consistently because most people don't test the other wallets. Um, but, you know, at, at the same time, like, when I think of, you know, the way I want to navigate dApps, I don't want to navigate them by using some weird web two, web three wallet connection to make that happen. That's just what we have right now. I think the future of that looks very differently um, to the point that there's going to be browsers that are actually based on dApps. Like it's not going to look like Etherscan. It's not going to look like a plugin on your Chrome. Um, it's going to be a hybrid of that. And that's going to open up a ton of doors. And that's also going to reinforce the decentralized nature of the technology. If your app isn't compatible in that setting, then your app is going to fail. And it's gonna force people into this more secure environment um, where you have to actually build a decentralized application, not just a wallet connection with some private content on a good old Web2 browser. Um, yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think the idea for the onboarding was that uh, what's holding back mass adoption is the fact that it's not very user friendly in general, especially the on ramping. And, you know, uh, you I talk to people who aren't in crypto. They know I am that. Well, that's a scam. Crypto's a scam. Look what happened with FTX. And then you know they don't realize that the FTX is a centralized platform and they, you know, the difference between custody and uh, you know, non-custodial wallets. Uh, this all has to be explained to people. And if you're going to get into crypto or at all, uh, there are uh, there's more learning. There's more of a learning curve there because you are in charge. You are taking control over your finances, whereas the bank, uh, you can let them have it. But the the advantage there, uh, aside from the things you mentioned, is also uh, it nobody uh, nobody can take away my. Uh, identity uh i am in complete control of it if i give out my you know my private keys then i could but uh nobody can censor me they can't cancel my account they can't uh you know because they didn't like something i said or you know whatever for whatever reason uh that uh the uncensorability of it is uh is a big thing um especially in today's world it seems like so um but all of this has to be explained people People, yeah, they give a dollar or two for at the gas station. They don't really, uh, you know, for a bag of chips, and they don't know, you know, where that came from. They don't have to. They just know it works. But I think crypto is a little different, and uh, that is the tricky part of it. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I, guys, I think a lot of this makes sense. I, I think the thing that we all, that we all agree on is like that the user onboarding experience could be better. Emily, I, I can't, I can't quite tell if if you think that that is like a waste of time or if there's some better solutions. I think the only thing that comes to mind for me with some of the examples that were given, um, you know, let's look at email adoption, right? Email was started, can anybody guess what year email was started? 1971, email has been around for like two decades and it took the web, it took right, making web pages. Two decades, sir, what year do you think it is? Two decades before the oh, internet. Oh, there you go. There you go. I was like, that's 50 years. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Gotcha. Uh, 
Yeah, no, email was invented in 1971. Tim Berners-Lee invented the World Wide Web in 1991. So for two decades, there was emails that, you know, basically every email address could be counted in like a, you know, a, a small pamphlet. That was like a real thing they had. It was like the email directory. Um, but it wasn't until we were able to make that really easy and safe and understand it that you didn't have to do like a command line. But it feels like we're still in the command line error almost of uh, of Web3. And so, yeah, I, I don't know. That just seems like something that's really necessary that I believe in. But yeah, I don't know. If, if, any, if Emily, if you disagree, I'd be curious what, what your solutions would be. I mean, I guess be. just to answer your question in regards to onboarding, um, I mean, mostly what I was saying is that I think onboarding is really contrived at this point. Like it doesn't need to be such a massive effort for someone to understand that there's better value to hold your own stuff instead of trusting some nameless identity with some potentially disgruntled employee behind there that doesn't really have your best interests at mind. They're just like upset that they didn't get that raise that they wanted. Um, like there's there's a lot of value to protecting your own stuff and not trusting someone else. And what I meant by, you know, kind of that being contrived is that it's like it it sounds like an easy way to get more people into doing what we see value in, but there isn't really any inherent value there involved in like onboarding people, right? That doesn't get me anything. It doesn't get them anything. It just introduces a new complex set of technology that they may already lack the financial literacy, let alone technical literacy to get there. But if you're actually offering something of very high value, they're going to find a way there the same way um, that people learned how to use the internet to get onto the platform so they could like watch what all their grandchildren were doing um, is kind of, you know what I mean by the Facebook example. Like once the motivation is there, people will come and just trying to onboard them without direction um, and without purpose isn't necessarily the great way, the greatest way to do it. Like you, you kind of have to exercise patience in this case and wait for good stuff to be there to show them. And the good stuff isn't buying some rug from someone that like is maybe promising something, but has no history of delivering something successfully and no real financial model behind it. Like, I don't want to introduce people to that degen gambling world. The gamblers know how to find it. I don't, I don't need to show them that. But if there's real decentralized applications being built that are offering really cool stuff that are, um, you know, reinforcing my own ability to protect my identity and the types of things that I want to engage in and not doing it through spying on my online activities and therefore prompting weird, um, you know, things that are out of context that I don't necessarily want a part of my profile. Like, yeah, I'm all there. I'm here for that. And I think a lot of people are. I love that. I'm so I'm so happy. Yeah, you had the chance to explain that uh, in more detail. I think having what you described is just more so much so much value that people are willing to make the leap, you know, in knowledge or in faith or whatever. Um, I do think that that's that's such such an important part of this, and um, it's something we even started talking about a little bit, like at the beginning of the hour before we got to here. So um, that's a really awesome way, I think, to round out this conversation. So thank thank you so much, Emily. Um, oh my God, everyone. This has been, uh, an amazing chat. We usually try to keep it under the hour. We went way over today. Um, I mean, there's no laws about this stuff, just trying to be respectful of everyone's time. I know a lot of y'all come every single Monday and just super grateful, um, to have you here. I'm just going to open it up one final time in case there's anyone had any burning question or thought that they wanted to share. Um, feel free to just raise your hand or speak up, but otherwise I'm just going to close it out with just a few quick announcements and then, you know, that's it for today. But anybody else? We good? We good? Can I speak real quick? I yeah. just wanted to give a quick shout out to What's two that? people. 
the uh, unsung heroes of the console AMA space, David and Julia, who are just amazing people who, like, if you haven't read what they write, holy shit, read it. If you haven't uh, spent a little time maybe in a private chat with them, yeah, I'm calling you out. Get a bunch of chats going on. But seriously, it's like there are so many intelligent people in this space. And one thing that we forget when it comes to identity is that the easiest way to stop yourself from being convinced that someone is talking to you but isn't actually the real person who's talking to you is to not friend them, is to not follow them, is to not create that social connection between you two. So if there's somebody you like here, somebody you want to communicate with, I would suggest increasing your social graph security by following them, by creating a connection between them so that one is established. It's this beautiful thing. And I think console has an opportunity to do that with the decentralized identity com- combination with chat. So it just seems like a really good opportunity to like actually increase the security of the space just by, you know, like saying something in the console space that goes with the decentralized identity type stuff you've done or the, you know, the buying of NFTs, the communities you join. Um, it's, it's just a powerful thing that we don't really do day to day. Love it. Thank you, Titus. Um, Guys, this is a great chat. So grateful for everyone who's been here. Um, yeah, so we're gonna we do this every Monday, 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, big announcement last week was we started to let people into console, into our first, you know, community console HQ. If anybody here wants access and didn't hear at the beginning of the hour how to get involved, uh, I basically said just DM me and I'll and I'll hook it up with a link because I think if you came and you stayed this long and you've been part of this conversation, this is exactly who we want to be part of the community. Um, we are building. We have an amazing, exciting roadmap ahead of us, and we are also listening. And so, you know, if there, I, you know, people are teaching me and we're teaching each other. And so, if there's things once you get in there that you would love to see. Uh, pain points, ideas, please let us know. We can all decide and chat and hopefully make something um, that we all want to use and that furthers this mission and, and also just helps each other out by, yeah, being able to have your own communities on console and, and just be part of um, be part of what we're this conversation, what we're building. So super, super grateful. Thank you. Um, DM me if you want more information on any of this. I will help you out. And just a shout out again to all the lists, um, all the speakers on stage. Um, this time. Um, Titus, thank you so much. Um, always bring so much insightful questions and thoughts. Emily, so great to see you here. Um, really appreciate yeah, all your perspectives and um, and for coming in and up on stage. Amazing. Um, one, two, eight, nine. Um, man, there's so many people here. And there's also a few people who didn't get to talk. I'm sorry. I didn't next time, guys. Um, would love to have you. We just had a different time. But, um, but yeah, um, cuts and so many great people were on stage today thank you uh, evan left a little early too but um awesome blake i see you there too knowledge what's up <laughs> all right just shouting out everybody super thankful uh super thankful to the unsung heroes julia and dave as well and everybody else um thank you thank you thank you thank you um i'll talk to you guys soon thanks for checking out another episode of the ether that was the console ama recorded on monday february 27th 2023 for TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often hit the shrooms. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe. That's the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it 
well lit like filming a movie roll. Sorting through support from your endorsements, of course we're tripping balls, hand it reports it. The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view, just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop. Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good, so kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two, show me what that thing could do. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big thinking energy always gets the best of me when I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes. Gotta mix and match, flip the lash, letting rhythm scratch. No shit, spitting facts with my vision smashed. Big trip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash. Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch. Better let the missus know where you hit the stash. Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps. Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines. And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies. Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise. Chastised into digging holes in the back nine. The latest proof ain't a way to move, change the view Just a bunch of peck of heads living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute then show me what that thing could do Two plus two, show me what that thing could do Two plus two, show me what that thing could do Two plus two, show me what that thing could do Two plus two Two spaces. <laughs>